Hello and welcome back to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and we are back with the Guys Like Us summer series. In this episode, we discuss soul care, so stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys Like Us podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Before we jump to the conversation, if you've been listening for some time now, and if you like what you've been hearing or watching on YouTube, if you wouldn't mind leaving a rating and review um, through iTunes, Google Play, subscribing uh, to these channels as well as YouTube, it greatly helps to boost the, the momentum for this podcast. A few other ways you could support is by donating, going to www.theguyslikeus.com, clicking on the donate button, and then selecting your amount. And then a third way is by sharing um, an episode, taking a screenshot of a particular episode or the the Guys Like Us homepage and sharing it on, on Instagram where you can find our page, Official Guys Like Us or just taking a, a screenshot and providing the link on any other social media platform that you have to reach your audience. Thank you, and here's the conversation on soul care. Hello and welcome back to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and we are back today for another episode. In today's episode, we'll be um, continuing with spiritual formation. Mm. And now we're taking um, slightly a different approach. So it's going to be a paradigm shift if you've been tuning in for the past few episodes. Um, we focused on John Mark Comer and John Eldridge. Uh, and really, this, the, the, the theme is slowing down. And so they give us um, some different strategies, processes, and both biblically and spiritually, of how we slow down in our lives and mm. care for our souls. Dallas Willard, um, in today's book, Renovation of the Heart, Putting on the Character of Christ, mm. is going to be our central text. And we'll be reviewing this book, having a conversation of kind of what has been, uh, what's been sticking points for us. And we're going to dive in. This is, this is very much... A deep read it is not something that you want if you're getting ready to go to bed and you're sleeping you don't want to throw this throw this on and put put this on and just kind of fall asleep to it uh, I mean you can but you're not gonna absorb much yes um, and so what I love about this book is that chapters are very dense um, mm. but then at the end of each chapter there's he titles mm. it matters for thought and discussion yes. and so this in particular I mean, there are nine questions after one chapter, and so it is action-packed, um, mm. a lot of content. It's like, kind of like, you know, when you're reading the Bible, we're, we're reading John right now, and it's like, man, he squeezes so much yeah, in to like three verses. It's like, how can we spend, you know, it's like we want to spend a whole Bible Jews, study. Man. Yeah, yeah. So again, um, mm. in our attempt today, we are going to uh, do some, some service and justice to the mm. work that he's doing, um, but... Obviously, I encourage you to read this for yourself. Mm. All right. Uh, and I'm back again today with Andrew, um, who's been riding along. And we're kind of, we're just, we're doing this. We're, we're doing, doing this it, right man. now. It's been a blast. Yeah. And so today, um, Renovation of the Heart, when you, so you've, we, we've both read through it. Mm. What were some of the biggest sticking and landing points for you um, that, yeah, I guess encourage you to be like, yeah, I think we should, we should review this book. Mm. So Dallas Willard is a professor of psychology at USC in California, and he's got his his PhD or something is that in like philosophy and some other or professor of philosophy sorry at USC, and so he's coming at it from a deep deep perspective that he hits all these different components, and so for me I think one of the biggest sticking points was this thing of like I often when I talked about my soul before this book I talked about just this generalized interior life. And never thought about like the different little components actually make it up and help it to function. And if um, same thing, like when I talk about the inside of my car hmm. when something's messed up, I usually don't talk in terms of oh it's just, it's just the the interior. Something's messed up on the inside, right? Like I try and be specific and say, hey, my alternator's messed up. This is messed up. And so I think he gave me categories to speak in those terms to think about. Man, yeah, maybe my mind is jacked up, or my feelings, or this or that. He's got different words okay. that really helped make up, um, and how each one of those things can be transformed, which is really cool. So, 
that's a huge starting point for me, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, Dallas Lord is a, is a former director of the School of Philosophy at mm. USC um, and has his PhD. He's written uh, best-selling author of more than 30 pub- publications. He's since passed away. Legend. Um, but is definitely a spiritual giant mm. and a legend. And so um, this is one of many books, but it is definitely a worthwhile one. Mm. And so the, the the way that he kind of breaks down this book, well, we're going we're gonna to get into first, but first, and you've t- just touched this a little bit, um, he views spiritual formation as something uh, a little bit different than we, than we had um, kind of named and tabbed it mm. in the past. Is there anything else that you wanted to kind of illustrate on what spiritual formation looks like? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, we often think about just, uh, again, the, the concept of our soul being in good place. And mm-hmm. so to think of like, what does it actually look like for my mind to be transformed? The thoughts mm-hmm. in my head to actually be more Christ-like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he talks about all these different, he breaks down to six components, um, which we'll go over in just a bit. But this, how all these different individual components are to be transformed. Right. And it's not just a spiritual practice. We think of soul formation as like, all right, read your Bible, do your prayers, do your quiet time. And he's talking about actually slowing down slow enough that you can s- capture the thought bend it back towards Christ and make that a process of continually mm. bending the thought life. And then the feeling yeah. thing is, hey, where's this feeling actually coming from? Right. Um, right. And so, yeah, soul formation is more than just the practices in which you do. It's more than uh, checking off the Christian boxes that we tend to think about. Right. It's watching God transform my life and to be like... So he takes seriously mm. the gospel that when the gospel offers us to be new creations, he's like, yo, you're actually going to be new. You're actually going to think differently. Yes. you feel differently. Yes. Um, and that's explosive, man. That changes everything. And so um, yes. I think for me, it moved it away from a task-driven hmm. spirituality to a, dude, I want to be transformed. <laughs> like, I want every aspect of my life to bend and to, to realize that it is possible. It's not this lofty thing of like, well, I've, I feel like I've often thought about formation. Be like, yeah, like it's it's a cool thing, but like I'm, I'm so broken that it's not going to happen or I'm so not Christ-like. It's just, but to realize like, yo... If you think about it in these little components, you can really begin tuning it right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think formation, thinking of it as tuning of the soul, like you've got the right, the C sharp here, and now you're you're trying to get your C sharp to match, and like all these different mm-hmm. components, just cool. So mm-hmm. I think sometimes we think about spiritual formation as like an add extra, mm-hmm. almost. Ouch. And yeah, and, and I mean, you know, I think we're we're we can all be guilty of this and mm-hmm. fall, fall into this trap, but it's again, it's like. When you when I when I read this and as I started to process it, it was like spiritual. Like, this is possible. This is possible, and there is like radical transformation that happens. Nice, bro. And it's in it's in these small steps that you begin to see mm. um, these bigger yeah. uh, transformation change happen over time. Mm. And so, he he. There's a few things that I want to name of when he says he starts and opens up by what is spiritual formation. Mm. And so it's focused entirely on Jesus, spirit-driven process, forming the inner world of the human self in such a way that it becomes like the inner being of Christ himself. Mm. Spiritual formation is not something that may or may not be added to the gift of eternal life as an option. Rather, it is the path that the eternal kind of life from above naturally takes. It is the path one must be on if his or hers is to be an eternal kind of life. Mm. Um, it's a gift of grace. And one illustration that he uses in discussing the spiritual life is that often we miss the opportunity to act with God in the now. We fail mm. to find, quickly enough, new wine skins for the new the new wine. Uh, it's for everyone. The most hardened criminal and the most pious have mm. been spiritually formed. And so I think mm. this is really what you were getting at too mm. of like, and this is where he lands, is we are all spiritually formed in some way, hmm. right? We are all we are all being f- shaped and formed in some hmm. way, and so um, it's a comprehensive approach. And so thinking it through, how hmm. he breaks it down, it's a few different uh, lenses he looks at. So there's thought, hmm. feeling, choice, body, social context, and then soul. Hmm. Um, and so be- before we get to why it matters, which we're going to get to and kind of, okay, how does all this, like, what's going to happen in this transformed life? Let's kind of 
break down these thoughts of how then these impact mm. that transformation, right? So thought, this is one, one of the areas that you, that you touched on. Um, how does thought um, impact how we think about our spiritual transformation? Mm. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we think about all those verses in the Bible that we tend to throw out kind of haphazardly out we're thinking through, like, think on that which is good, right? And, and, yeah. and those kind of things, and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's like, those yes. are two good things, and we, we think about it, but then we actually, like, we actually put that into play in practice. Like, the, yeah. the fact that the thoughts in my head and how they get there and how they come out and how long I let them sit and what they affect and those kind of things, like, they can be transformed. So for him, he's talking about, like, um, the, the thoughts that are in our mm-hmm. head are deeply affecting on our spirit level. Mm-hmm. And so we we have to submit them to Christ. And at the same time, uh, thoughts can be replaced, right? Like we've got to get in the process sometimes of taking a thought out and putting it with something different and, and putting that practice into play. Um, and so, yeah, this component that seems to be so analytical, so brain-heavy, so not spiritual, is actually spiritual. Like the mm-hmm. way that I choose to think and to realize there's a process mm-hmm. to thinking. That pro- thinking doesn't have to be reactive; it can be proactive and processed out. And so, like yes. as long um, you can begin carving, um, so right, like when it comes to habit forming and things like that, we usually usually starts like a trail in the wilderness. It's it's one small trail, and it's probably brush covered and things like that. But as long as you as you continue to take that same thought pathway through. It becomes a two-lane road. And by the time you keep taking that thought passage through, it can become a six-lane highway that carries things fast and quickly. And so to think like our minds in the same way, our thoughts in the same way, as we choose to get them in line, how great would it be to have thoughts about Jesus be on a six-lane highway versus a path in our souls, right? Like that it becomes this easy thing that begins processing because we've traveled that way time and time again versus it's like, oh, well, I don't... I find it hard to do so because you don't do it often. And so to begin that process of transforming the thought life hmm. is pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that thought life too of, um, I, I always, when I think about transforming thoughts, I'm thinking about, this isn't named explicitly in the book here, but like, how can we, how can we move from a place of death to a place of resurrection? Mm. And I think a lot of the thoughts that we think we can naturally fall into death or sometimes we can put ourselves into this place of death which is mm. fine and but then we have to find we have to find redemption and resurrection mm. in those thoughts and so when something doesn't go our way for example um or mm. um we're taking a path and we don't see the um yeah i i, I guess again we, we're facing adversity our, our first thought can be to mm. point something out can be to 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 to, to point out all the flaws and mm. point out all the bad things about this um, instead of thinking about, okay, but what is but what mm. does God say? What does Christ say? That all things are good, right? Or that mm. I can find good in this, right? And so I think thought is definitely is interesting area um, in transforming the mind mm. as well. And it's funny how you can start to think things and at, at least for me and I know for you in, in, in seminary, you can start to think things and you can see how it can change people and really change people. Mm. And it's scary, you know, and it's mm. like appreciating the, again, the scope of thought, of how thought is informed, again, mm. by these other categories that we've, that we've talked about. But then again, you can isolate thought. Mm. And mm. you can start to really hone in. If I start to change these beliefs, is that then going to give me a better outlook hmm. in my feelings mm. in my body in my soul mm. and so i think um there's a lot of tox toxic thoughts that we can that we mm. can think that lead to destruction yeah. and chaos and then there's some there's some really there's some higher level thinking mm. um that doesn't always require the smartest but sometimes just requires common sense and reason mm. and so um i want to move to feeling though which mm. is the next category and so this is a this is a point at least when I was reading that mm. I thought he definitely was like had circled and circled and circled and circled yeah yeah can you talk a little bit about about feeling in this book here yeah there's a there's a line on page ninety six where he says interestingly you can't evoke thoughts by feeling a certain way but you can evoke 
and to some degree control feelings by directing your thoughts. Our power over thoughts is that of great and indispensable assistance in directing and controlling our feelings, hmm. which themselves are not directly under the guidance of our will. We cannot just choose our feelings. And so realizing, like, kind of connecting the two thoughts of, like, hey, two thoughts, hey, see what I'm doing there? Connecting the thought life with the feeling of, right, we, we you ever heard that? Think happy thoughts. Right, yeah. like we, we use that phrase and you realize happy doesn't produce thoughts, right? You can't just be happy and that makes a, makes a thought, right? Just your state of happiness is do that. And so realize like we can by some measure, and again, this is in, in a culture right now where we operate on our feeling. Our feeling is our first lens for which we decide every other thing. Like if this makes me feel good, if this does, you know what I mean? And so realizing like what if our compass for feeling is broken? And, and if that's broken and that's now driving the ship, then what is that causing us to do and think and, and, and now navigate all these other components of our life? And so to realize, like, if we get the thought life correct, that can begin making our feelings different, right? Like, so, for example, mm -hmm. before you mm -hmm. control your thought life, your, your feelings are always reactive. They're uncontrollable kind of thing. And to say, like, something were to happen in your life it would send that feeling thing off the rails and the, the, yes. the meter would go crazy trying to get itself back. But as you yes. begin to control the thought life and understand, that begins to set the tone so that when something crazy does happen, when the loved one does pass, and not to say that you've, you don't, you're not moved by it, but it doesn't sink the ship where it used to just toss it a bit. You know yeah. what I mean? Or it tosses the ship instead of sink it, like kind of thing. And so I realize like, it's an important part of who we are. Um, every human has them and every human's feelings are governed not just it's not just a reaction to the event there's so much other things going around that make us feel that way in that moment hmm. and so to say like you you can't just operate out of your feelings which is crazy to say right because it's so anti-american it feels like to say that but to say yeah. like yeah your feelings didn't get there on their own they came from some other stuff and maybe there's a way to begin working with the other stuff and by effect will touch your feelings which is huge yes yes Completely, because life is going to get thrown at us. Things are going to happen in our life, mm. and if we're, and it's like, what do we fall back on, mm. right? Are we falling back on our thoughts and setting our thoughts mm. um, to those of the peace, to those of the, the, to those of joy, mm. and falling back into that place when our feelings are going to want to tell us something different, mm. right? Um, and he says, yeah, and he just says the great problem of the contemporary life is feeling and um yeah dude and can i swing a hammer for please <laughs> right like please. i i often think about church right now and how we do discipleship and things and are we creating feeling moments instead of transformation moments hmm. like we create sermons to bring someone to an emotional moment. We create worship experiences that are very emotional and are designed to make us feel things. Again, they have thought divine. They have, I'm not saying that they're not thought through and there's no thought-provoking things that create the feelings and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But have we thought of our Christianity in regards to our feelings and nothing else? You walk out of a service and we say, man, that made me feel good. Man, uh, I, I feel convicted today. And we use terms like, I feel feel this I feel this and we judge our spiritual content our spiritual formation based upon how it makes us feel and it's like baby you're missing half the transformation that's possible for you right like um, and so to say like that critique like maybe maybe for all of us we've got to step back from it and say like is my spirituality more than just a, it's more than a feeling man God is way more than a feeling it's, it's the way things are it's the blueprint for life it's the, the way the, the the way the universe works that's it, that's it God does that and to say like is it just good enough to feel about him that way? Because, right, like there's, my daughter, I love her with all my heart, but there's days where she makes me feel frustrated. It doesn't mean I, I stop loving her, right? So the reality of my feeling does not base the reality of how, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay, I got excited there. No, and I, I think, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One point that you, you said is, right, it's I think, and I've heard this, and I don't want to speak for everybody, but definitely something that hit me home was like, yeah, you know, you walk out of a service or you walk out of a, or um, you walk out of like a meeting and you're like, yes, I felt like that was mm. a great, a great experience, a great moment. But like, think about like how 
few and far between those are too like mm. and how much effort it takes to get to setting that up spending all this time to set mm. up this one this one high point right mm. and it's like what if god was present with you in all points in all times and so how does the presence of god in your life then change how you think about feelings mm. and so mm. um he says that the opposite of peace is not war, but deadness of the soul. Um, we often push away feeling and ban- abandonment of feeling. Um, and then again, the great, greatest problem is relying solely on feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, we could spend a lot more time on feeling, but I want to move to choice here. Um, and so, right. And so I think these, this then leads into choice too, right? Mm-hmm. So you have these thoughts. Okay. Then you have this feeling and then you kind of make these cho- the choices or these decisions. And so how do, how do we think about choice now? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's this, I think D, we'll call him D. Will, Dallas Willard, D. Will. Dallas Willard. Don't know if he would appreciate he that He probably would not, appreciate that. But it's, it's guys like Dallas podcast, that's Willard. He, uh, he talks about like the will being this thing, that the choice being this thing that underlies all the other pieces. Like it's yeah. this... Um, our ability to choose to think about something. So like this sub, this subcomponent that um, we realize has to be and can be transformed, right? It's like this thing of like how I want to do something. And, and the question becomes for all of us, like are, do I actually want God to be God in my life? Right? Do I want that? Is that something that I'm mm-hmm. willing, desiring, desire, you know what I mean? And so we'll use desire in other places and things like that. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I mean this reality of, and that, that may be the core the core that, that begins to reveal some other things in us, right? Like deep down, do I actually want God to have rain in here? Right. Do I will that? And because if I don't will that on a sub subconscious level, on the most deepest level of who I am, right. none of the other decisions are ever going to happen. Right. It's like, uh, that's why you get like a half hearted Christianity or half hearted moment. Um, I don't really want to be here. You, you can tell when someone really don't want to be here. Right. And so yeah, if you really yeah. don't want God in your life, you're going to box him out of that place. He's not going to have True. access to it. True. And so he begins talking about that that space of like the will and, and the choice that we have. Um, it's intense, man. It's, it's an interesting spot. Um, yeah, he says his line on page one forty four, which is pretty yeah. cool. Will choice is the capacity for radical and underivative origination of events and things. Therefore, it is the core of who and what we are as individuals. For what arises from us is alone. So he's saying. That's the space that you can have the most control over in your life because it's the most unique thing to who you are. What you desire, what you will has no other source except for you. And so to say, like, I am intentionally putting myself that this space of who I am will be transformed to kind of shift the thoughts and everything mm-hmm. else is pretty wild. Mm-hmm. I, I think choice is so and will and just even I kind of put it back to decision making too, right, is... um. Is connected to thought too, because so when we look in James, right, the, the, the power of the tongue, mm. and so often violence, violence doesn't just start at violence, but it starts at a thought before violence, mm. and then it, and then that becomes a thought about somebody else, negative thought, destructive thought, then becomes a choice. Okay, now I'm going to act out upon this, mm. and it, and it starts through the through the tongue through the mouth mm. and through the, these bodily actions and then it becomes mm. physical violence right and so he, t- he kind of breaks this down of like how this is a process right again we're all being spiritually formed mm. and so it's not just like boom this happens and and someone like flips the switch but there's something under the cover that's leading up to this up to this up to this this choice mm. again and are these small choices that then lead to a bigger choice mm. He says this in 143. Single-minded and joyous devotion to God and His will, to what God wants for us, and to service to Him and others because of Him, is what the will transform into Christ-likeness looks like. Yeah. Right? So, like, at the basis level of who we are, before we get the reaction, before we get the thought, before we get this meaning, like, do we want God's best? Are we devoted to what God's paradigm is? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And, mm -hmm. um... 
what a scary reality, right? Like, he says in the, in the page before that, the condition of our mind is very much a matter of the direction in which our will is set. So, like, our thought life, our emotions, our reaction, I think that's, that's a place to maybe start some of the conversation in our hearts, too, is say, like, Lord, do I actually want what you want? Yeah. Do I, do I actually want to see this transformation happen in myself and others around yeah. me? Because if, if it's not there, again, there's ways to kind of reverse engineer and say, oh, Lord, I got to change mm-hmm. my thinking, my emotions, all those other things. Mm-hmm. But to also say, like, oh, I, that, that part of me, that deeper part that underneath the surface, that's got to be bent bent in the right direction. Because right now it's bent in upon me thinking, you know. Yes, um, yes. want to transition and we're going to come back to that because i think that there's a, there's a, there's so much i mean again in this we're going to get to like okay why what does this transformation actually look mm. like and why why is this what is the kingdom vision if we decide that this is the place that we want to go mm. okay kingdom and what what does that actually look like and then how can we enact that out mm. um and so the body it's a problem with the flesh and so uh, one of the examples that he uses is, is looking at nicodemus mm. and he's seeing the natural um and the shift is to trying to, to understand where is God at work in the supernatural, mm. or and just again thinking outside of your own bodily, mm. bodily flesh to something greater. Um, and so why why does the body the body matter so much? So I mean for me, I've thought about and there's something that happens with your body when right? Like even body posture, like when you're like hunched Mm. over, it's going to change, right? Like it changes, Mm. it changes your thoughts. Mm. Um, and your thoughts change. Yeah. So your thoughts change. Um, when you're going for a walk and when you're taking care of yourself at a physiological level with getting your exercise, right? Mm. Um, they say 30 minutes, three times a week of moderate and moderate exercises mm. is the recommendations for um, for for most people to, mm. to maintain a healthy lifestyle, right? So these are kind of the physical guidelines. But like, and so I think about it from this one angle of how this actually, if if God is indwelling in me, if if the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is is in me and is the power is in me, mm. then how can I um, care for that and treat that, knowing that this is definitely going to be be something that God cares about. Mm. In fact, Jesus came in a body, in a body, which at that time would have been like, like you think about like everything else that was going around and like the incarnational incarnation is mm. probably the greatest miracle. One of the greatest miracles that Jesus did is like mm. God taking on flesh mm. is wouldn't have made sense. Mm. And that just creates so much more appreciation for the body. Yeah, but I wanted to hear from you of how, how how he thinks about the body, and then how I think about the body as well. Yeah, um, I think he, he makes that one comment of like the body is the container for the soul, and everyone hmm. we just can't ignore the fact that everyone is born in a specific physical body in a time and place to specific parents and things like that. Like those aren't those aren't accidental things, or, or they're not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're moments of of they kind of ties to a thing. And so it's something to be considered. Um, and, and yeah, I think we often think of our spiritual life and our formation as just the interior part of who we are. And, and I'd say just exercise well, which is a huge part of it, like getting right. this this whole thing working in sync. Um, but any time our, yeah, our bodies are involved, and we'll talk about that in the next component, our bodies sure. are involved in social communications, right? It, yeah. It's only through this body that what's happening inside gets communicated. It's only through this mouth that's moving right now that I get to communicate the things that are happening in my soul to you right now. And so to think through, like, without this barrier, this filter of my body, I can't communicate the deepest parts of who I am. And so if that's something mm-hmm, that can mm-hmm. also be formed and shaped, mm-hmm. um, and I want to ask the question, like, what can I do to make this the most good, the best vessel to pour out the treasure mm-hmm. that's inside? Yeah. Um, yeah possible yeah but it's there <laughs> we gotta mess with it yeah and so that and you just touch right on that getting into social context too and so this is another kind of the the one two three four the fifth mm. paradigm rather uh filter um and so i think about how we show up in public sorry how we show up in public starts in private mm. um 
and he he really focuses on marriage and looking at like the marriage relationship mm. um but then also like obviously highlights like some examples of scandal and like mm. when things can like really twist out um in in the public social realm but would love to hear how social context how the, the people that were around impacts our spiritual life and so i think this isn't mentioned explicitly in the book here, but like the environments that we place ourselves are obviously going to impact our spiritual life, mm. right? So if we're around other people that are seeking the will of God, that is going to sharpen us and create, um, that's going to transform our thoughts, mm. right? Or it's going to at least put us in the right place where, that, where then we can, we're, we're, we're more prone to then make those thoughts. Mm. Yeah. He says his line on 182, strictly speaking, there's nothing that's just between me and God. For all that is between me and God affects who I am. And that in turn modifies my relationship to everyone around me. Mm -hmm. My relationship to others also modifies me and deeply affects my relationship with God. Hence, those relationships must be transformed if I am to be transformed. I think on, on one end, right, like who I am affecting the people around me and, and the, the, the thoughts leading up to my body, leading up to my body in communication with other bodies, right? Like I've my wife laughs at me, man. I wave at everyone who I make eye contact with. Yeah. And she laughs. I get pump faith all the time. So if I'm walking on <laughs> the street, dude, and you're walking by me, and we lock eyes, I'm going to give you a, a hearted, hey, how are you doing? And nine right. out of ten times, people just keep walking, right? Because we live in New England, and, and uh, people head down and, and rock and roll. Um, yeah. But I've, I've kind of trained, because my, my, and again, this is this is my, my own defense for it. Again, this is what I'm trying to train myself to do, is to think that like, Dude, I, I want my, my physical body, my posture, who I am, to be so open and ready for that to be something that communicates gospel, that even my 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 natural disposition to stay in a smile, right? Like to, right. to speak through my teeth and smile in that way. Like I want that to communicate gospel. Yeah. And so I'm and right, so it doesn't come from just a it comes from something that's sitting deeper, four stages behind. It comes from a hmm. will, a thought, a thing on like that. And right. so moving in the opposite way to my, my relationship with people, right? Like I want even my body disposition to create openness and welcome that will draw them not to me, but to the Christ that God willing is seen behind all of it. Right. Um, right. And at the same time, on the opposite end, realizing that other people affect me, that other people who are made in the image of God, um, who have the access and ability to make spiritual effect on myself, on themselves and others to, you know what I mean? Like what we do can affect other people mm -hmm. on a spiritual mm -hmm. level. Mm -hmm. I also got to be careful with what I let in to that, ecosystem yeah. that's there right yeah. like um and when something does try and damage it to navigate that well to, to not just put up my defenses and be like well you don't fit in you're out be gone right but to say like to to train myself to say when there's a broken person i don't push them away i don't get angry i don't get upset i pray lord help me see them as you do right like and so like all these different pieces but i mean what it, what it also helps us see the depth of human relationships like yo human relationships are wild bro like I love creatures and dogs and whatnot, and I'll be sad if one passes away. But like, what happens on a human level is pretty wild. Like, with yeah. when I think about how deeply a friendship can can affect my soul and make me think back Godward, like, right. dude, that's wild. Like, what a what a crazy way for God to commute to keep the conversation happening and relationships going. Like, but to that that be said, like, if you threw it out right. there, Lord, then I gotta. I gotta pay attention to it. I gotta take care of it. I gotta do whatever I can to model the kingdom in those spheres, um, right. which is wild, man. Yeah. No. I mean, and I, 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 I agree. And I think again, and I think sometimes this can fall into we can let the decisions of other people. We can take it too personally sometimes, but mm. there's a lot of people who have been hurt by others who are, you know, whether they're leaders in a church, leaders of a particular mm. organization or in government or like whatever the sphere that is, that are like, this person hurt me and now I have a negative image mm. of, um, of because of this, this, this engagement, right? Mm. And so, um, but like, and yeah, and it often gets thrown, and, and and oftentimes I think people in positions of like, of knowledge, and of mm. people in positions who have maybe a pastoral position or like, 
all this weight and this burden comes on them and there can be um, this this like uh, this added pressure mm. right um, but again and I think but that's transformed when we start to think about all these other dynamics that then lead to that and so that we don't fall into these these mm. pits of like again I don't have to I, I, I don't have to um, right like I need to rearrange my priorities because I can't I can't do every single thing because there's some things that I'm not that good at. Mm. And so like I think it's the reprioritization of like how can I in this relationship right now pour a few things that'll them get that'll then get them to to see me and to also then portray this onto other people. Mm. And so I think that's that's a little bit confusing and it's I'm still kind of processing it out myself, but I do think that social that social context of like how we're showing up, right? How we're yeah. our body language, how we're smiling, how we're um, waving to other people is going. Mm. It just change it changes um, our yeah. perspective, and it just I think we start to see God more in that person. Yeah, and and you think about like God's design, like yo, what if you're not just here for you? <laughs> but right, like just just right. that simple thought of like, what if you're not just on the planet? To make yourself better or what if your spirituality isn't just for you and so that, that think of like if i let that sink into the pit of who i am in american culture where everything is driven by individual desire and my ability to do things for myself and how i want the things to be seen and how i want things to turn out right and i say like what if i grow bigger better stronger because i'm here for somebody else and with church stuff too right we think of like ah man it isn't your message doesn't feed me or this isn't doing it for me and i say like what if the sermon is not for you today? What if your presence in wow. the room is yeah. supposed to help somebody else see Christ in a wow. different way? Wow, wow. Um, and so wow. to begin approaching our relationships with that reality of like, yeah. And, and I wonder, man, like how how long have we been tricking ourselves into thinking? Yeah. That like, or, or maybe even worse, how, how much of spirituality have we missed because we've made it so individual and versus... Um, and so I think this is where this book does something good that, most other books don't is they move i mean everyone moves beyond the individual to a level but it it formats it puts that in the in the in the foundation of who we are right like that that it's beyond that right um so yeah i think that but but a huge component you know final few thoughts on this and then we're going to kind of move on to why this really matters how we can see that transformation um what does that kingdom vision look like but Mm. um I think to your point too, it's like, yeah, what if this, I mean, again, can I just be here so that somebody else might be changed or transformed? Mm. And I think, again, we can get the way I, at least in New England, in Western individualism, and this, I mean, this is, this is straight up a critique of like Mm. how we don't, I think we can find, like sometimes think that this is always like the normative right way. And it's like a lot of my friends growing up, a lot of people I communicate now grow up in more, um, in, in Eastern cultures and more collectivist cultures, South America, mm. Africa, different parts of Asia. And it's like, there's this community organiz- like orientation mm. to like seeing how like, I am trying to get you to this place too, mm. right? And it radically starts to shift um, the way that you think about loving your neighbor and seeing the image of God mm. at, in other people. And it's so much more meaningful. I think one of the biggest challenges that we face today is loneliness. Mm. And um, I mean, again, even the expectation, right? Like, I mean, I'm 27 now. And so the expectation is you go to college, you move away for college, and then you then get your own apartment and you do your own thing mm. and you go find yourself, right? You do mm. what you find. But that that would be like, that's, that, that's not normal always mm. for every country. Like you go to most countries outside of the United States, outside of maybe some, you know, Western European countries, it's like, you know, you're going to like stay home stay until you get there. married. And again, it just, it just, it's just a different orientation of how we think mm. about relationships and how we think about social context as f- spiritual formation. Mm. And so yeah. anyways, I mean, there's a lot there, but um, let's shift into why it matters. Yeah. yeah, yeah let's shift to hammers. Yeah. Let's shift into why it matters. So um, again, it's this, um, We'll talk about counting the costs. <laughs> and But Matthew 16, 15, whoever wants to save their life shall lose it, but whoever loses their life in me mm. shall find it. Um, and so I think at one point I viewed 
entering and following the way of Jesus in, I, I actually kind of thought about how all, I had to do all of these things. Mm. And it was like, almost like this checklist things of like, I don't know if I can commit to all this. How did you, how does, and I think I had a way of like starting to flip that switch of like, no, like this actually isn't, this isn't a, like a counting the cost, like is not what I thought it was, mm. right? Like there is such a greater reward that I'm, that I'm going to play now and in mm. eternal life that now I'm entering into that now lets me be, okay, this really isn't like a, a burden, but it's actually light and it's easy. Mm. And, um, Again, he uses this, this this example of, or, or rather, just of how it's, it's a it's a priority change, mm. and so we start to we start to see things, mm. see, see things a little bit different. Yeah, man, I'm, he's. I think that going back to that counting the cost conversation of like, why would Jesus invite people to do that? And and to know he knew what he was doing in that invitation. He's saying, mm. peep the pluses and the minuses. Look at what's there and what's not there. Um, and so for him to say like. If you understand it correctly, you will know the right decision to make. Right? Right. If, if you're, and he's not saying just count the negatives, trying to scare people away and say, hey, listen, if you're not willing to pay this price, if you're not willing to put your dues in, then don't even come by my way. He's saying like, look at where you're chasing now versus look at what I'm inviting you into. Mm. And yes, it may cause a transition of things you once valued, but once you get there you'll begin so like it, it talks about like uh, i think he brings up the parable of like the guy who found treasure in a field and sells everything to buy the field and like yeah dude you had to sell something like you right. had to get rid of some you had to put some investment in some down payment in but bro what you get on the other side like what 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 the blessing that you begin to find um right. immediately begins to relieve the pressure like you start looking at like what was that what was that ten dollars in terms of millions of dollars that i'm getting like what is that right. um the, 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 this is on page 68 here. It says, imagine that you discovered gold or oil in a certain property mm. and no one else knew about it. Mm-hmm. Can you see yourself being sad and feeling deprived for having to gather all your resources and f- sacrifice them in order to buy that property? Hardly. Now you know what it is like to deny yourself, take mm. up your cross and follow Jesus. And so I think about kind of the, this posi- this posture of giving and service. And so mm. we when we look in Hebrews, 11, uh, Hebrews 12, um, twelve two, Jesus did not die for pain's sake, but for the joy that was set before him. Mm. Um, and he talks about kind of how pain, like, and this kind of gets back to feeling too, of like pain and pleasure, like you, you can alter between pain and pleasure, but that that doesn't change this joy that's mm. underlying it all. Mm. Um, and so I think when we start to think about in terms of joy, it's something that's deep within us in our soul, that, irregardless regardless of the situation that mm. we're that we're in um it is still it is still there mm. in terms of kind of thinking so one of the things that i really landed on and really liked was this vision intention and means vim yes for acronym we love our acronyms Dude, i love vim, my acronyms it's true man that's on vim my, is true. my journal left and right now oh my goodness um and so yeah so what does it look like to have a kingdom vision mm. i think is the question that I, i'm pondering and would love to hear your your thoughts on this too yeah that's that's the part that takes some of the it's the good the front end work that kind of helps get the other two pieces in play but that that if i settle my eyes on what the kingdom actually looks like um and it's weird because it's all these passages that are now floating to the surface that i'm beginning to take more seriously than i did which is so sad to say because i'm 31 and i realize like all these years have gone by and and, uh i'm reading these passages and they're hitting me like a ton of breaks because it's like wait i can be renewed in my mind and so to realize that kingdom isn't just uh, having a lot of people in a room who say they love Jesus, but this reality of like people who are actually transformed um, in all these components we've talked about, like their souls, emotions, feelings, thoughts, desires, will, all that. And to see how that begins to change and infiltrate stuff. So like the kingdom is, I mean, you could transform any society, any structure, any culture by people who have grabbed a hold of this reality and be like, yeah, dude, that does change. And so to think of things like what if people grab onto the radical generosity hmm. that is the gospel, the grace hmm. factor that's there, and if they hold on to that as tightly as they can and that becomes something that anchors their soul real deep, 
I do, you begin to look at everything else differently. Mm-hmm. If you realize how much grace has been said your way, mm-hmm. and you begin saying like, yeah, like I, I want to help you understand that grace for somebody else, like, I mean, that splashes on every canvas of culture and begins to transform yeah. the way we look at things. And so like, the kingdom is less, I'm going to put a thousand churches in 10 blocks, and there's going to be a hundred people who come to church, and that's it. Like, dude, the kingdom is transformed people living in and dwelling right. in the right. places that God has called them to. And so I think, and, and so getting that right, right, all the little components of that, like the kingdom being my will transform, my thoughts transform, right. this transform. Um, one, one, one quote that I love here, the Nick is speaking to where, where, where we are right now is that it is on page 88 here, knowing the right answers, knowing which ones they are, being able to identify with them mm. does not mean we believe them. Hmm. Wow. Wow. I know. It was it was hard That's hearing heavy. that. It was hard hearing that. Um But again, it's this entrance into the to the way and the practices of Jesus. Hmm. And going back to a, a word that we've used an apprentice, hmm. right? Or a disciple. Um Mathetes, hmm. uh, hmm. learner. Hmm. Um and actually participate and engage in that. And so one of the questions he raised is, would I like there to be a God, right? This is for unbelief. This is for, you know, when would I like it if Jesus turned out to be Lord? Um, and so I think that's a way to transform people, to transform culture, to understand like, okay, like what does this actually bring? Mm. What if, what if like God actually cares about me as a person and my soul mm. and loves me so much that he wants me to then take up a different a different path and to seek him mm. knowing that this way is going to to, to change everything mm. yeah man and, and i think through the, some of the questions of like if if there is a god would it be that strange for him to actually reveal himself hmm. and give us a clue as to how this thing all works I like it, once you can kind of get some of these places like then then the question becomes that right like do I want that to be the case and do I feel and that kind of tells you where you're where the compass is in the beginning of saying like if I don't want that to be the case if I don't want there to be some sort of God who's help organizing and structuring then I'm not going to want some of the deeper things that he offers yeah um, that's so true so true yeah so I, but I think thinking that way right it begins to help us see like am I even touching the kingdom yet like am I, right. am I have I stepped through the gate <laughs> right um and I think that's a kind of, that question is for someone who hasn't stepped to the gate yet. But then when we right. get into it and we're right. like, right. okay, I say I believe this, but do do I really want this? Like, and I think that becomes right. a doorway to a lot more of their deeper transformation, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so th- we touched on this earlier. How does the image of God and our images of God impact how we think about our spiritual formation? Bro, he says a line in here, and I lost it, but it's so good. Where he says, um, "The most, the fundamental, like the the best thing we can do for our spiritual life, the most important work of our spiritual life, is to get our image of God correct." Yes. Um, yes. Because everything else, kind of, he talks about the power of images, right? Like that was funny because as I was reading this chapter that morning, I was looking at some images of some of the protests and things like that. And they evoke strong feeling, strong emotion. They make my thought pattern like it's like a brainstorm that happens in my head. The, the moment you're looking at a picture and an image, uh, and not to say we're talking about pictures of, of you know, physical images of God, but like this stake I've put in my head of what this is, and it begins to transform other things. And so to say, like, if you if your picture of God is of a vindictive, angry dude, because that's what you've been fed earlier. You're going to be ready to slam the, the angry, vindictive. Right? That's the kind of church you'll build. That's the kind of disciples you'll make that, hey, we got to judge this person. You got to go crazy, right? Like, um, or if your picture of God. And it's is like, exhausting, too. Yeah. It's like, and it's destructive. Yeah. And it's so dangerous because it, it yeah. and I think of that like an incomplete image. And so yes. uh, my, yes. my boss says this thing when we talk about conflict conversations. He says, like, what's. What's the story I'm telling myself in my head about this situation? When you talking to someone, T- tell me the story you're telling yourself. Yeah. So the question becomes, mm-hmm. what is this? What is the story you're telling yourself about God and who He is? Because that's going to paint everything else in what you do and how you treat other people and all that kind of other stuff. Um, right. And so I think of in my own life, I want people to have a good image of me, a, a true image of me, 
Not a good one. Again, I know my flaws, and I hope people know those too. Yeah. I, I don't want people to know. <laughs> <laughs> right? But, like, I, I, at least I hope it's true. Right. I don't want someone operating off of a uh, caricature that's not really making sense. I want people to know who I am. And so to say, same thing with God. If we get that right, man, if that solid image at the core, it's kind of like Inception. You put that small idea in the beginning, what that can exponentially grow into um, is huge. Yeah. So, yeah, transforming images is huge, man. Yeah. And, and I think that's so, 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 so important. And I mean, I, I really could spend hours talking about this because I think, and we've talked about this of like, uh, kind of looking at the, the, the opposites of statement versus conversation mm. or relationship, right? And so, I think when you when you just get statements, you don't see the bigger picture. Mm. You don't see the full context around it, mm. and you can get false distortions or perceptions how this statement then is just a microcosm of this bigger picture right and it's like no but there's so much more mm. right and when we're when we're talking about the image of god as something that is so big so beautiful so majestic so good i think it's it's a, we, we're doing we're doing god service when we when we expound upon that mm. and really develop that out um mm. And so I think that's why sometimes the images that we use can just be, can be, it can be, there can be quick hits, they can mm. be impulsive. And I noticed for me, even like the images that we, that we use in, I think social media is one example that I think about of like, I found myself scrolling and my, my, the images I would see then triggered a response where I was, my emotions, my thoughts, my feelings were all changing as I was scrolling from post to post. Same mm. thing with the news, right? On your smartphone. Mm. You can you can go do two swipes oh, wow. and have everything in one click. Mm. Um, and so we live in this kind of this one click era. Mm. Um, and so anyways, yeah. Bro, so those lines, I found them. <laughs> he says in page 100 and 101, the, the single most important thing in our mind is the idea of God and the associated images. Yep. And this is where it gets kind of wild. Images also empower the wrong ideas. He says, images increase the danger of inadequate ideas. They have the power to obsess and hypnotize as well as escape critical scrutiny. The process of spiritual formation in Christ is one of progressively replacing those destructive images and ideas with the images and ideas that filled the mind of Jesus himself. And so like, dude, what a good question to ask ourselves. Like, what images am I ingesting on a daily basis? Kind of go back to some of our conversation with the last episode of like, if the first images of my day are me scrolling through and finding destruction and crazy stuff, like yeah. before I even begin thinking about God, like I'm already setting myself up for failure. And so thinking through like, how can I A, get the right images in, B, get the wrong images out, and then C, share the images with the people that need, you know what I mean? Like use that leverage it in a way to kind of help people grow spiritually. Right, um, right, right. Intense work. Yeah, 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 yeah. And again, yeah, and I think we have the tendency to fall into this self-rejection, which Dallas Willard really speaks mm. out and in, in, in is, is very explicit of, like, this is not the way forward. He says, uh, at least with Henry Nouwen, one of the, uh, hey. definitely a, a spiritual guy as well, he says, self-rejection, Nouwen says, is the greatest spiritual enemy mm. because it contradicts the sacred voice that calls us beloved. Mm. Self, self-rejection is ultimately souls or repo- Reproach to God, deriving from false images of Himself and His world, right? Mm. And it goes back to this this self rejection of, again, um, seeing the negative, trying to like get rid of, you know, do something to just break something down mm. for the sake of for the sake that you reject it, mm. right? Mm. And it's like no, like God is not calling us to like into that into that space. That space. And so, um, a few in, in, in this transformation, right? And so we see in Scripture like the fruits of the Spirit: mm. patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Um, and so, have you noticed, right? Like I think when I see other people, I think some when I was early in my faith walk, and like when I was seeing some other people who were who were followers of Jesus, I could see mm. a different ethos about mm. them. Um, and they were filled. Like I could see this difference of some of these these different fruits in their mm. life. How do you think that changes? How do you think that contributes to the actual transformation that happens in the gospel? Yeah, man. I'm, 
we're, we're, we're good at sniffing out what's phony in yeah. in nowadays culture, right? Like we, uh, yeah. especially with young people, I, I, I always say when I was in youth ministry, like teens will sniff out your fakeness from a mile away. Yeah. Um, and so when you come across a world that maybe is offering surface stuff, when you find someone that's thinking deeper, and, and again, that, it's not just thinking deeper, it's their whole perspective shift is rooted in something different. It kind of takes you back, and you're like, what yeah. the heck is that? Like, where does this come from? Yeah. Um, and, and that becomes a, a difference, you know, a change. And so I think, in, in, and the other part of it, too, being fresh fruit, right? Like, yeah. we, someone who is continually in the process of it and asking God to continue to transform them, that these fruits aren't just things that were sitting from stories from a long time ago. This is stuff happening mm. now in their life. Um Yep. It's a difference, you know what I mean? Yep. And so, like, and you know, man, yo, if, if you go to Stop and Shop and get a banana, it's going to smell different than when we were in we were in St. Lucia and went to the banana fields. Bro, the taste, the flavor, you can smell it from, from yards away, just this fresh smell of bananas hanging on trees. Hmm. There's a difference in that. And so to say, like, yep. fresh fruit that is it's ripe and ready to go because someone is deeply rooted is way more attractive and special, um, yep. but comes from a place that, Again, it's it's not a stop and shop banana, man. This is someone who's rooted in in there, right. Um, right? And only that kind of environment, that kind of transformation, that kind of soil provides you the fruit that no one else has. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's refreshing too, right? Like to just have that experience of like, yo, this is way different than everything else I see. This is better than all the baloney that I find in other places. Is something special. Um, yeah, yeah, right. And you have to nurture it in the right environment. I think mm-hmm. is what you're saying too. It was like. This kind of goes back to the soil of like what type of soil we're using. Mm. And just to use an illustration, I've been I started planting a garden and like, you know, built it up. And at first, it um, it died because I was trying <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> it was so sad. I'll admit my failures here. It just died. it just called quits. It said not today, rip, bro. Rip your not garden, today, man. Satan. Um, and which is true though, like it, because I, I moved him outside too quick. Like it wasn't mm. ready. Like I was in this mm. pr- place of like you need to har- like you need to harvest and sow these seeds longer. Mm. Um, and I was, I think I was trying to part of. I'm still trying to figure it out why these failed, <laughs> but I think part of it was like I was trying to move like the seed. Like there's too many seeds together at once too, and it's mm. like you just need to pick a few and focus on and those right mm. and stay in that lane. Mm. And so, and now, because the sowing seed process t- took a long time, I had to buy some more mature plants. <laughs> so we're about but, to be out of season here. Yeah, I would be like, uh, if I don't buy, so if I don't, if I don't, if I don't leverage modern technology mm-hmm. here that has I'm already done. done some of the process for me, I'm gonna miss out in my vegetable garden. So, mm. um, but anyways, yeah, yeah. Um, a few more points here. Um, and we've talked about joy. Um, I think one thing is just the character change too. Mm. Um, and God hears our heart and he seeks our worship and our call. Mm. Um, and I think one thing about character or one component that leads to a change of character is is our worship and how we're thinking about mm. um, what we're, again, how we're lifting up, how we're surrendering and letting letting the ways of God transform our thoughts so that we're seeking something mm. far greater. Um, when you think about, right, this, I mean, this is the title of the book here, putting on the character of Christ. Mm. Um, has character been something that you've, you've thought about in the Christian walk? Yeah. I think more recently it's beginning to take on a different flavor as I'm yeah. figuring out being a dad more and more. Mm. and realizing what pleases me most is when my daughter takes on not just the actions that I want her to do, but her character matches, when her attitude matches and things yeah. like that. That's what gives me ultimate joy when it's not just when when she doesn't throw a fit when we don't give her away, but she says, okay, Dad, I get it. And then, I mean, I'm overjoyed. That's the biggest thing. Right. And because for me, it signals that something deeper is happening, that she's being transformed on all levels and things like that. The behavior is not matching what God is doing on the inside of her mm-hmm. heart. And so, yeah, when I think of, I think of that, I, 
I don't want to be the Christian that operates. And maybe for a stage it was me faking it till I made it. But I want to be one who's, who's made it, whatever that means. But I want my character to be the thing, the, set, the setting upon which every action I do jumps off of. Um, because, right, when... And this is maybe the, the, the critique for all of us is if we don't let our Christianity set into our character, set into the transformation, renovation of our heart, right. when the time comes for something to, of importance to happen... It's gonna land. It, you know, what I mean, it's not gonna come from a place, and that's where the danger happens, right? Like that's where you get um, people who have like critical, intense failures that really mess up a lot of people around them because it's like, dude, when it when it mattered, you weren't there, or you, the, the the substance wasn't there, the deep stuff wasn't there. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it, but it takes a whole renovation of what we think of success is. It's all these different pieces. Like, yeah, yeah it may not me. It may not be me having a church with thousands of people in it and me making the coolest thing and the skinniest jeans and everything, right? Like, it's not going to be that. It's going to be me really just saying, God, I want, I want yeah. you to have all of me. And yeah. to realize, like, ministering from that depth, you can only get by on natural talent and charisma for a while. It's only going to help you. And it's only going to attract certain people. But when you're talking about actual life change, you're talking about being there in the most difficult moment of something when there's no human possibility for, for words to say. There's there's nothing. Um, right. When everything within you wants to collapse, that's what stands. Because yes. it's not coming from you. It's yes. it's the Spirit of God at work in you. Right. And so my thing lately has just been, Lord, I want to, going back to Jimmy, need to clear the stage. I want to give the, the most ample vessel space. And I know there's still me. There's still parts of me that needs to be scraped away and gone. Right. But Lord, scrape more, give more room, take up yeah. more space, give more of my time, my attention, my focus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that what I've been able to do from that location, man, it's yeah. night and day difference, man. It's it's uh, And you find you really start living, right? Like it's just, you find the things you were doing before and out of the other, out of the old self, and out of the old space, it's like, dude, I, I thought it was cool. I thought it was good, but it's like, I was driving a Corolla, and that, you just put me in a Ferrari, baby. Like it's a different ball game. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, I think character is something that has been, I think, just under. It just hasn't been uh, focused on, and it starts with um, everything that we've been mentioning mm. here. It really does contribute to character, and so. I don't really have any critiques of this book, but more so like I kind of dude I, make I, it I, like three books so we can enjoy more. Yeah, and so the last chapter and what, this is what something that we talked about too is spiritual formation in the local congregation. Oh man! And so, um, I think perhaps this will get into leadership. This will kind of transition into leadership, right? And so discipleship is it's a ment- it's kind of a shepherding, it's a mentoring, it's also a leadership type of mo- model mm. too. And so, um, stay tuned for leadership, um, servant leadership, mm. um, different ways that people have thought about leadership that um, I think will be helpful. And uh, uh, there's there's no shortage of leadership podcasts now. <laughs> and so I we are not going not to enter. Into that, yeah, we are not going to enter into that lane. But we are going to kind of maybe touch the surface of some, mm. uh, some leadership points that um, – that have been helpful for us and maybe some other, some people that uh, are, are underappreciated or undervalued. Mm. And so, um, yeah, I'm excited. It, uh, so this is Renovation of the Heart by Dallas Willard, playing the character of Christ. Um, yeah, thanks for breaking this down with me. Anything mm. else that you want to leave our, our listeners with um, before we uh, before we say goodbye for now? Yeah. Go after it. Go I after mean, it's, it. Yeah. It's here there if you have any questions reach out to us we love to talk about this stuff as you can tell so yeah feel free to, to yeah. jump on and uh it's a journey so go for the ride absolutely all right well thank you so much for tuning into the guys like us podcast today i'm tyler bronick this is andrew cologne and this is our third installment of the summer series that we've been doing and mm-hmm. so if you've been if you've been with us for this journey thank you so much for tuning in um, glad that you're you're finding value and, and just um, are along for the ride, uh, as we've mentioned. And so, if this is your first time, um, encourage you to check out some of our older episodes um, on slowing down. We look at other books, um, and then also stay tuned for upcoming episodes as well. Mm-hmm. Right, we're we're really just getting started here, and 
um, all summer we'll be working on some uh, some different books, different topics. Mm. We have leadership coming coming up. Um, be digging a little bit into prayer as well, mm. um, relationships, marriage, dating, um, all of that um, is is on the docket. So thank you summer. so much. Busy <laughs> summer. Enjoy yourselves. God bless.